0: Hey everyone, thanks for joining me. I usually don't do my talks at night or even in the evening. It doesn't happen very often. But um, here I am at, uh, it's almost 6 p.m., which isn't late, but it's a lot later than I normally come on. One of the reasons is because I just got so caught up on doing everything I had to do all in one day that uh, I just kind of lost track of time as well as I didn't have a car for over a week. So everything that I had to do was delayed until today. So I was kind of uh, running around, running my errands, squeezing everything in because I have to work tomorrow. So that's why the later time. But anyways, the important thing is that we can all be here and, um, I can tell you some of the things that I have recently heard. This that I'm going to tell you first is something that no one submitted to me and I did not experience this myself. I was actually reading this. There used to be this um, website that I would read all the time and it was called About. So it was like About Paranormal And then they'd have about other things. So I would read the about paranormal part of it really like a couple of times a week because they would always have new things on there that were pretty interesting. So this story was about this girl. And I guess this happened a while back. I believe this happened sometime in the 90s. I could be wrong, but I want to say this happened to her in the 90s. And she was in high school, and her one of her friends lived right down the street from her. So she was at her friend's house, and then it came to be about 7 p.m., and she says it started to get dark. So I was walking home. It was only about four houses four or five houses away from her friends, and she said, all of a sudden, she saw something dart from the house a little bit up ahead on the right, and it just kind of like darted right across the sidewalk and out into the street, and she just figured it was some kind of animal, maybe even a cat. She wasn't sure, so she continued walking, And then she noticed that the thing that had darted out into the street looked to her like it was a baby. So she started walking a little faster to get there to see if she was correct. And when she got there up close enough, she said, I could tell at that moment that it was a baby. So she started to get a little angry, like who would let a baby get out here in the middle of the street? And how did it get here that fast? Like, she just couldn't understand. So she walked up to where this baby was because she was going to pick it up and get it out of the street and try to find if that house is exactly where they, where it came from. And she says when she got up close enough to it, to where she was going to pick it up, she noticed that, first of all, it wasn't a baby. It was naked. It was bald and it was small like a baby, but it moved its body. It moved itself with its two arms where the legs just kind of dangled behind it. But she was just like astonished at how this thing was able to move so fast to get out into the street And as she stood there, this baby-like thing looked at her and like hissed. It made this hissing kind of like um, awful sound at her. And then it darted back to where it came from. So she went home. And she says when she got into her house, she went and talked to her mom and told her mom about what she saw. And this girl was so upset and distraught at this encounter, she says that she wasn't even able to eat dinner that night. She didn't even want to eat. So I guess um, from what I can recall about this story, her mother or some somehow had told her the woman who lived in that particular house had dementia or Alzheimer's or something like that. And she had been calling the police every so often and telling the police and reporting to them that there was something, I, I don't remember, guys, if it was an attic or a basement, but whichever what it was, she would hear some kind of disturbance in either the attic or the basement. And so she would call the police. The police would go out. they check everything. And they could never find an, an animal or anything like this. But this woman, she would insist that there was something going on in there. It's easy sometimes for people to... Look at the elderly and just say, oh, well, she's kind of like um, going into a type of cognitive decline because of her advancing age and she lives by herself and she's probably lonely and she's thinking she's hearing things. Well, from this story, I don't believe that this woman was hearing things because she was um, having mental issues. I believe that this woman was actually hearing whatever that thing was that that girl saw. And the thing about this is, some of these things, these I don't know if it would be considered under the cryptids or it maybe even some sort of a hybrid. But where these things come from is what I speculate about and when I I look at and try to figure out. So I recall that when I was first reading about this story, I was thinking off of the top, the first thing I thought of was, it was perhaps some kind of a hybrid. Maybe, I mean, if you um, believe in the alien abductions and then the hybrids that sometimes happen after that, that perhaps that's what it was, or maybe also it could have been some sort of a um, lower level entity either way i'm sure that anyone who would encounter something like that would be very upset and even though it's been many years ago cuz this story is at least from the 90s because that that site that i used to go to and i used to get emails you know and the news stories of the day and this and that well I haven't got emails from them in years, and I tried to look for that site, and it was nowhere to be found. I've tried a few times, and it was really good. That's actually where I learned a lot about different types of phenomenon that go on around the world. I learned first from there. Even um, the strange noises that people hear in the sky, that's where I first actually heard about that so that it's anyone's guess what that thing was that that girl encountered, but I got to tell you, just that uh, that description is—it's uh, enough to. I mean, it's unsettling. Let's face it. How would I, anyone, feel coming upon that thing? I, I don't know. I probably would have just took off running. I don't think that I would have even been able to um, continue walking. I probably would have been running and screaming. Because it's so startling. Who would ever expect that? I would have expected more of a some sort of maybe animal, but not something like that. All right, um, the other thing that I wanted to share with you, now this is something that was told to me by a coworker. And she was telling me that, you know, the um, the door, the ringer, or whatever it's called, and it can um, actually record people. You can see people out on your porch. You can see what's happening out there and this and that. Well, they had one of their those things on their house as well as some other surveillance things for their front porch and their backyard and this and that because they lived like in a semi-rural area. And for whatever reason, people were coming and stealing packages the typical thing that you hear about sometimes on the news during Christmas, well, this was going on the porch pirates or whatever you want to call them. So they had this thing installed. She says that uh, she has brothers and sisters. She has other siblings, and they're all younger than her because she was the oldest one. She's the oldest one. And at the time when this happened, she was like about 16 to 17 years old. And... She heard a noise in the backyard. Her bedroom faced the backyard, and she had two windows in her bedroom that both faced the backyard. She heard a noise out there, and she thought maybe it's one of her brothers fooling around and messing with her and she got up to go look out the window and she didn't see anything out there or anyone, but she saw this doll now the doll was Kind of, uh, it was upright, but she said it looked like maybe it was placed against something, like placed against a rock or something like that, so that it could be upright. So she was like, Who is messing with me? So she went and she told her brothers, Stop messing with me. Like she's doing her homework or whatever. You guys just quit. And she said, They were like, You're crazy. No one's messing with you. Go back in your room, you know, brothers are and stuff. So she was just like, whatever. She went back in her room, continued doing what she's doing. And that was that. Well, some few days later, her mother heard something in the front yard. And she went to go and look out the window. And by this time, she said everybody had barely started going to bed. And she looked out the window, and she, her mom saw a doll. And she figured it was one of the girls. And she said, "Whoever left your your toy out there, whoever doll that is, you might want to go outside and get it because it might not be there tomorrow morning." So, the girl, I'm going to call her Nancy, okay? So, she gets up because she's curious, and she goes to look, and she sees that doll, and she tells her mother. No, I saw that down in the backyard like a few days ago. And she blamed it on her brothers. She said, I think one of your sons is fooling around with us. So they came to the, finally to the conclusion that it wasn't the boys. The boys were not fooling around with them. Nobody knew where this thing was coming from. And her sisters were like, no, that's not mine. It, It belonged to no one. But then, just like in the backyard... It disappeared from the front yard. So, a couple weeks go by, and her dad is getting ready to go to work, and he was leaving super early because it was um, he had an early job. He had to start really early, so he was out there and he was putting stuff in his truck, and he says it wasn't there when he went outside because he would have seen it but he's putting this stuff in his truck, and all of a sudden, he sees this dowel. And it's like on the other side of the front yard from where he's at. But he said it wasn't there before. So he was like, what in the heck? What is happening here? So he goes walking towards that dowel to go and pick it up. He said that thing had an ugly face and like black rings around its eyes and when he was stooping over for a moment when he was going to pick it up but then when he said saw the ugly face he changed his mind he said that that dal looked back up at him oh yes i just got goosebumps and he said he stood up right away and he said oh my god and then He said, the next second, that doubt disappeared. He said, but it didn't disappear like it it vanished. He said, it disappeared because it ran away so fast. It just, it was so fast when it ran away, it's like it disappeared. But he said he did see it run away. What in the hell was that? What were these people seeing? And the girl the the person is telling me this, she's she's older now. But she said when I saw that doll out in the backyard, she said it didn't have an ugly face. Even though it wasn't that close to her, it wasn't that far either she said she could see the face and there was no black anything around it just like her mother her mother said no it's i saw the the whole thing and i didn't see an ugly face so why did the dad why did the dad have an encounter with the ugly seems to me that perhaps this whole thing was for him it was just a process i could be wrong but when you think about, okay, the girl sees it, the mom sees it, and then the dad sees this ugly thing. We don't know why. It seems that there's there's a reason, there's a, some sort of a moral to the story, but we don't know what what it was or what it is or anything like that. Not only that, but see, this happened not like a super long time ago, but long enough ago, and that was it. And, and the dad is like, well, I don't know, but I never saw anything again, and that was the only thing, which is good. So that's, that's something that we just will never know when things are left, it's like a, a case that is not closed. It's like an open case. But so much time has gone by where, okay, nothing else happened. So while it's a good thing, it's also very mysterious. When there are no definitive answers or reasons or anything that that you can think of that makes it a little difficult also. I also wanted to share with you, um, I know that I told part of this story before. I knew this person who her her um, sister, it was either her sister or her sister-in-law. I don't know if it was her sister's husband or if it was her brother's wife or whatever, how the story went, it's been a while ago. But these guys, they bought this fancy house in an upper class area of Riverside County. So they live in this fancy place and their children were not allowed to play with the person who's telling me this story. I'm going to call her Anna. They were not allowed to play with Anna's children because Anna tells told me, well, because we're not rich and we don't have a lot of money. So we were like, she said, I, I think that the reason is because they felt that we were too low class for them. And I was like, yeah, but that's their cousins. They're not allowed to play with, each, you know, and hang out. And she's like, no, nope, no. Nope. But anyways, she also told me that the reason why because i was like what kind of work do they do and she told me well they're involved in something that is really really illegal and dangerous and they but they make a lot of money so i think it was the husband the i don't know if it was anna's brother or or what but anyways it was him And he made a lot of money and they were able to buy all this stuff. And they put this storage place on their property because they had a big property and it was all fancy. And they had all of these um, ATVs or whatever they're called. So they they went to the desert and they had um, Ducatis and stuff like that. And they would keep all of this stuff in their storage thing out there. And it was behind trees, so you couldn't see it, and this and that. And they even had, like, you know, the big Winnebago thing. And all they just had all of this stuff. And uh, fancy cars. They were just doing it, okay? They were living large. Then she says uh, her, I'm going to call her her sister-in-law, because I'm really not sure. It's been a while ago. She said her sister-in-law. She saw her one day at a shopping center, and her sister-in-law approached her, and she said, whoa, why do you want to talk to me? I'm I'm a low class, you know, and her sister-in-law said, well, I want to talk to you because we've got some things going on, and uh, I, I have to tell someone. Even though they weren't close, and there was um, distance between them as far as because of a, uh, Class, I guess this was a whole class thing. They were still family. And so she wanted to talk to Anna. And she told Anna, There are some things happening in our house, and I don't know why. And my husband is beginning to act different. And Anna said, Well, yeah, look at what he's involved in. Of course, he's going to act different. He's probably in fear every day that they're going to come and arrest him or someone's going to burn your house down. And, uh, she, and then the, her sister-in-law told her, well, maybe so, but the things that are happening, I can't, they cannot be explained. And she started to tell Anna that the, the things that they have got in the storage out on their property, they've got the, the quads, you know, and the, motorcycles and this and that. She said, they start up by themselves sometimes. And Nana's just like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. And then she says, it doesn't matter if it's day or night, but sometimes they start up by themselves. And apparently, one of those nights, it was in the evening, and they were eating dinner. And she said that it, it started up And then it sounded like another one. And she said, and it wasn't just that they were starting up, but the engines were gunning. Like if somebody was stepping on the gas, and even in some of the couple of the Ducati motorcycle things they had there, like dirt bikes, they could hear them and the engines gunning. And so the husband went out there to go and check it out to see who's out there in the storage. But it was locked. There was nobody in there. So when he went in, everything was off, but the things were warm because they had been on. So what I believe that that was, I really don't want to talk about it this time because it's evening and I can't even go out in my shack, but I want to share that with you as kind of like a part one. And it'll also give you time to think about this and maybe come to your own conclusions because uh, of what he was involved in. And I know that this, this story was true when she told me this because she was not the type of person to be just bad-mouthing her family and things like this. And when I asked her, like, wow, what do, what do they do for a living? Because I think I want to do that. And then she was like, no, you don't. And then she started telling me. So when I heard this story, I just started putting certain things together and came to my own conclusion. And then we spoke about that a little bit also. And she agreed. And she said, you know about that? How do you know about that? It's like, well, because I read. And uh, yeah, we we talked about that some. But um, it also... When things like that are able to happen, that's, to me, that's a physical type of deal because you have to actually turn something on. You have to physically, like, touch these things or grasp them or something. So, oh, and the other thing, and this is a very important piece of this, is that because these things were in a locked storage, on their property they would leave these keys in the ignitions she said the keys were either in the ignitions or they would just take it out and set it like on the on the um seats or the the footboard or whatever but i recall her telling me that so that just lends more creepiness to this entire thing. Every so often I recall things that people have told me through the years and that is one of them that just kind of sticks with me and I know where this place is. I know where I doubt that these people still live there. I mean maybe they do but I I really don't think so and they had other things happening also it would sound like, she said, um, it would sound like people were knocking on their door. Did they did go to answer the door. There would be nobody there. And, of course, that is not anything unheard of. People have been pranked like that before. But she said it would happen at random times of the day, at night. It, it wouldn't matter. Also... It would happen at their back doors, not just the front. And this house, it had like the high fence and all of this stuff. So I don't know how someone would be able to do that in the backyard and be able to get away in time and not be seen. So those are just some of the things. Also, okay, at some point, The cousins were allowed, they were allowed to go and hang out with Anna's daughters. I think the other people had a couple of daughters, and Anna had, at the time, like some teenage daughters. They were pretty close in the same age, but they had been separated. They had this separation for so long, she said that when the other girls came to hang out with her daughters... They were acting like they were all high class. She said it's like they had been brainwashed into thinking that they were better. So, well, okay, she said, but, you know, they're just kids, so she just made the best of it, and she just made the best and just had a talk with them because those were her nieces. And she said after they left, a couple days later, they started experiencing knocks on their doors, and certain things like that. So it's, uh, I mean, this is something that was told to me a while ago. But I'm going to um, talk, when I come back on Sunday, I'm going to talk about what I think happened with this uh, particular incident and what this family was experiencing. Okay, uh the other thing that I wanted to say is just a little while ago, being that it is evening, I was checking my emails, and as you all know, I talk a lot about the fear and how the media and all this other all these other things they try to keep the fear going because they need that negativity they need that energy well, I was reading I got these emails from the city it's it's not really from the city it's like from this group and it let you know what's going on in the city and the area and all this stuff. And on this email, it just blatantly says something like, California will experience an earthquake, thousands will die. And the first thing I thought when I read that is, oh, really, well, you know, it's not enough. It's not enough for the media to be perpetrating this fear right now. But now this, so they're predicting this. We all know that we live in an earthquake zone. We all know this. But seems to me that they're just attempting to add to it for whatever reason. Well, Not enough people are scared. Not enough people are reacting negatively to this news. So we have to do something else. And I know sometimes it sounds strange and it sounds maybe stupid for me to say these things. But I have been seeing this stuff now for so long that I know it's true. And like I told you guys, I remember one time When I was really young, and I told my grandma, I was like, why do you guys watch the news? All they try to do is scare all the old people. Well, she laughed, like, oh, thanks. But I knew that even then, and now it's, like, blatant, just trying to scare people, and Apparently, I heard this from someone yesterday that there are a lot of people out there who are really very scared. And they're even saying that it's 50% of the population of the world, 50% are fearful. They're not only fearful of the the COVID, they're fearful of what They see on the news going on now and they're fearful of who knows what. It's like an ongoing. Once the first seed of fear is planted, it seems like it's easier for it to just turn into a big like tornado-type funnel cloud and then they just start fearing everything more and more till, till they're overwhelmed. If you if you guys know people like this, and I know that we can't help everyone, I know we can't talk everyone down off of the building, but we can at least give them a little. A little uh, hope. We can put them on a path. Some of them are are um, like not they're they're waiting for it, but they don't know they're waiting for it. Just come and put them on a path, so that they are not so frightened of everything. It's living in fear is not living; it's existing. We don't want to exist. We want to live. So I just kind of like got a little bit angry. And I wanted to email them back. I don't know if I can. I'm going to try it later on. Like, what is this? Talk about fear porn, okay? This is just sickening. Okay. But anyways, um, I was going to tell you guys about something else but I think I'm running out of time here because I'm so thirsty. But anyways, um, I wanted to share one more thing with you and then I wanna tell you something that's funny. I wanna tell you guys a funny story so that we can lift our moods here a little bit and here's something funny and this is a true incident that I'm gonna tell you about. But there, before I get to that, there was somebody that I listened to on the podcast and you may be familiar with him. I don't want to say his name because I don't know if it's um, something I should do or something that I shouldn't do or whatever. But maybe if you do listen to any type of um, alternative news, you might recognize what um, he said. But he was talking about people and groups of people who are called elites. When I think about that term being given to certain people, I just, I uh, I don't like it. I think a misnomer. It's a misnomer. And I do not believe that anyone is better than anyone else. So when certain individuals and or groups are called elites, to me... That's saying that, oh, they're better. They're above the rest of us. So, he was saying that, and okay, the reason that I'm going to say this is because a lot of these elites, it's known that they have sold their souls, right? They have sold their souls to get to where they are. So anyways, with that, he said, Demons, elites, certain things like this are not more human. They're not better. He said they are less human. So when he said that, it just struck me yeah, yeah, they're less human. Not only are they less human, but they're called elites. And the way that they behave, the things they say, the way that they, their treatment of others. That is not anyone of any special, whatever you want to call them, class or Oh, they're better or anything. No. People who behave like that are garbage. They are garbage people. And some of these are household names. You would recognize these names. Some of them are celebrities. Some of them are politicians. Some of them are just, um, well, they're famous for I don't know what. I don't know why. They have no talent or anything, never have contributed anything. But yet, they're elites. The majority of them are garbage. I just have to say that. But when this guy said what he said, I just couldn't agree more. Yes, they are less. All right. So with that being said, I want to tell you guys something that whenever I think about it, I have to laugh. And this happened a long time ago. This happened like (laughs) in the 90s. Okay, I'm going to tell this story, and this is a story about one of my sisters. So, (laughs) oh my gosh, every time I think about it, I start laughing. So, if you guys aren't familiar with this dance that came out, I want to say this dance came out before the 80s. This dance must have been popular like, in the 70s, maybe in the late 70s, or around that time frame. But it was called the robot, okay? So if you don't know about that dance, you can look at somebody doing the robot on YouTube. So anyways, my sister and I, we used to go to the club like every weekend. We would go to different clubs. We'd go Friday and Saturday. Sometimes we'd go Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. But that's what we would do. And there is this one big club that we used to like to go to the most. And it had like one two I think it had four dance floors. It was either four or five. And I've ta- I think I've talked about this before. It had a restaurant in it. But it was not a restaurant, okay? It was a club that had a restaurant. It had like four restrooms. I'm pretty sure it was five dance floors. It at a area like where they had pool tables, the thing was huge. They had one, two, three, three or four bars. And there was a main bar, kind of like when you first walked in, the main big bar was kind of like right there. So... One of the dance floors was really big and it was actually a stage. So I guess if you were like a really good dancer or you thought you were or you were drunk enough to think you were, you would probably want to go up on the stage and show your skills, okay, whatever, I don't know. But my sister would always say, I'm never getting up on that stupid stage. Who wants to get up there? And I was like, I don't know, because I would never get up there either. In the first place, I was one of those people that I have to have some drinks before i even brave enough to go dance. I just, that's just what I would do. No, I'm not ready yet. I haven't had enough. But anyhow, this particular time, we're there, and there was this guy, and he was really good looking, okay? And he kept turning around, looking at my sister, and she was like, oh my gosh, he's looking at me, he keeps turning around. And I was like, okay, well, go for it. So anyhow, he he comes over and he asks her to dance. And so she was like, okay, so she gets up and he's like holding her hand and he's taking her to the dance floor. So anyways, he starts going kind of like, you know, up where they had the steps. There were these steps that you had to climb on to go onto the stage. And she turns around, and she's looking at me, and she's saying, oh, no. Okay, but what are you going to do? She's already there with him. And all right, so next thing I know, she's up there on the stage. And the stage was lit up. You could see it better than any of the other dance floors, you know, because it's a club. It's kind of like dim lighting. But for whatever reason, probably because they didn't want anybody to fall off, the stage was pretty well lit. So this guy starts doing the robot. (laughs) Yes, he didn't do anything else. He did the robot for the whole song. That's all he did. I was laughing so hard, okay? I'm sitting on a bar stool at one of the tables, and I'm telling you, I almost fell off. I was laughing. My tummy was hurting. I was crying because I was laughing so hard. And I couldn't look at anyone. And then finally, I couldn't look up on that stage anymore because it's almost like she could see me from there. And we had eye contact and she was mad. Like she was mad at me because I was laughing. Okay. But it was hilarious. So, That song ends, and I guess he wanted to dance to the next one, but she was like, I'm done. So she starts coming down off that stage. (laughs) She's coming down off that stage, and she comes walking towards me, and she has that serious look on her face, and she grabs her purse. She's going to go to the restroom because she's so embarrassed, I guess. And then I was like, wow, Wow, he had some moves. (laughs) And she was so mad at me, and I was like, "Well, I thought you were never going to get up there on that stage and she was like, "Fuck you! <laughs> oh my gosh it's it was so hilarious, my face was hurting, I was laughing so hard, my face hurt, and people probably thought I was crazy because I was just there like by myself, and i I finally had to get up off of my stool so that I could like hold my tummy, you know, when you laugh so hard and you got to like bend over because your tummy's starting to hurt. And then my face was hurting and I was crying. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> she'll never forget that. But you know what she did? So I went into the bathroom after she came back and she had to get over her trauma. So I went into the bathroom and then you know, the the girls' bathroom, you sometimes, especially in a club, I don't care how many bathrooms are in there, you got a line. So I'm waiting there in the line. So finally I'm in the stall and I hear somebody coming in and it's my sister. And she's like, where are you? Where are you? And I'm like, I'm right here. And she like "Open the door. So I opened the door and she came in. She's like, you're going to kill me. And I was like, why? What did you do? And she's all, well, there was this guy and I thought he was really cute. So I sent him a drink and I was like, What? She's like, Yeah, I don't know because by this time she was pretty buzzed. And so she's like, Sent this guy a drink. She thought he was cute. So she says. But, anyways, she's like, So he came over to me to talk to me and to thank me. And he's really not cute at all. And he's like, a, he's, a, he's a goober. She's all, So I told him, You sent it. I was like, What? So I'm not coming out. I'm like, I'm not coming out. And everybody in the bathroom's laughing. So she's all, come on, it's okay. No, it's not okay. So I wasn't going to come out of the bathroom. I was just going to go sit at the main bar, okay? So everybody hears this story because we're in there like having a fight about it. Like, why did you do that? I think she was just trying to get back at me, okay? For her dance partner, doing the robot, which was, had been like out of style for like 45 years. (laughs) So that's what she did to me. She got back at me. So I go and sit back at that dang table and here he comes. Oh, thank you. And I'm like, what am I going to say? I didn't want to hurt his feelings and I didn't send it to him. So I'm like, you know what? You're welcome. And, um, I'm going to go now. I said, you, you have a good night and you can sit right here (laughs) with her. And then I just went to the main bar. Oh yeah. We really got into it a little bit that night, but it was fun anyways. And then after when we left the club, we went to go eat and talk about our troubles. (laughs) But I just want to leave you guys with a little bit of humor. I mean, all the stuff that happens to you when you're, doing you know in your in your younger years and when you're having a good time and this and that and all this funny stuff that just happens and uh, I got a lot of stories about stuff that we would get into and one of them was actually with, with the police but well I'll tell you about that one of these times yes we got into some stuff with the police <laughs> but anyways thanks for joining me and um Hopefully, I'll be back on Sunday, and then I will do a little bit of a part two with the other subject and let you know what I think was happening at that time with that house, okay? In the meantime, you can be perhaps um, looking into it and see what you think, come to your conclusion, and then we can all, like, compare notes, all right? Talk to you soon. Ciao.